When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast, your one stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. Brandon, how are you doing today? LJ, doing good. Uh, feeling good because the Yankees uh, are playing good. They had a very nice uh, week. And uh, Yankee Stadium back to full capacity uh, for, I guess, now today's game against the Athletics. So uh, certainly nice, especially because we just had to wrap up a home series in, in Buffalo. So, Yeah, I'm definitely excited to talk to you about this Yankees-Blue Jays thing because it must – one fan base in particular in this whole last week or so – must be incredibly frustrated with themselves. But I believe first we have an idea you came up with, a little hypothetical scenario to discuss. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I was on the baseball subreddit today. And where all I, good things happen. Yeah. You know, where all productive baseball conversations happen, you know, everything very serious around there. And uh, someone posed a question. And they said, uh, what if every single MLB team finished 81 and 81 in the regular season? So all 30 teams would be tied for the same record. And uh, the MLB does not have anything in their rule book currently uh, for a five-way divisional tiebreaker. So I texted LJ and I said, you know, you have 100% control over the league. I have 100% control over the league. Let's both come up with ideas on if we were commissioner, what we would do uh, in this situation. How would we 
break the tie. And uh, I have no idea what LJ is going to come up with. He has no idea what I came up with. So uh, yeah, this should be pretty interesting. Uh, LJ, you can take away uh, both. First, I wanted to hear your just thoughts on the idea and like what you think the general feeling would be around the league uh, if this did happen. And uh, yeah, just what, what you did know, you go with? You know, I'm a sucker for a hypothetical scenario. I come up with quite a few of them myself, but I had never thought of this one. Like, this is so out there that it just has never crossed my mind. Um, what I think the league would be doing right now, I don't think a single fan base, every, every fan base would be thrilled, yet also frustrated. Because any team that is good enough to hit, win 81 games their fans probably think they're good enough to win at least 90 games. So, I mean, they're all going to, I think just about every fan base, except maybe like the pirates are going to be down in the dumps over what they'll probably feel is a disappointing season. If they're able to make 81 wins, but not win the division. Um, then of course you've got teams like Baltimore, you've got teams like Pittsburgh who haven't seen much success to begin with. So 81 games is on for a full-time party, um, even if they don't move on. But as for my idea, I have I have a more serious answer of what I would do. And then I have a more realistic in terms of what's in the best interest for the league. Okay. Both of these basically stem from the same area. So if everyone was 81 and 81 now, I should have asked actually asked, are all of the run differentials the same? Are they all zero? Uh, no, okay. not, not, not necessarily. So what I would do is first I would expand the roster to, four, to the full 40 men. Then from there, whoever has the highest run differential in each division will host a round robin. I'm assuming we're, we're putting this over a week, correct? We probably should have specified that. We have a week. I mean, like, yeah, you have like the next. So you have a full seven days after the last regular season game ends to figure out how you're getting your 10 teams into the playoffs. Okay. So, yeah. So, or you can uh, create your entire playoff structure if you want to just completely break the boundaries of the playoff structure and just say, screw it. There's no reason to do normal playoffs. I, I really hope that that's the way you're, you're kind of tipping your hand here with a potential 30-team playoff completely randomized. But what my thought was is you get every division the highest run differential in each division. So, like, right now, let's say it, the AL East is 41 and 41, but the Rays have a plus 82 run differential. So everyone would go down to Tampa. And then over the next three days, there will be round robin – tournament everybody plays everybody once whoever has the most like points you know two for a win one for a tie through nine innings or no two for a win zero for a loss um we don't want ties in baseball but anyway whoever ends up walking out of that those three uh, days, is it one for for an extra innings loss were you insinuating yeah, that's, what I, yeah. Okay. that's what I was meaning yes um Anyway, whoever comes out of it with the most points in that regard will win the division. Whoever has the most, like the second most points will then go to an alternate location towards the end of the week to determine the two wildcard winners. 
So basically the next, the next highest points people for like the next four say, we'll do a separate one a day later, like you have a day off and then the next two days will be that separate one. Thoughts so far? Interesting. I'm kind of in a similar way. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, the way that mine is set up is kind of similar, but uh, certainly very interesting. Uh, All right. As for what would be in the best interest of the league, it's the same exact format with one slight change. Okay. Before this comes, before all of this is figured out, I will, I, along with some other people within the league office, will decide the 10 most important teams towards ratings. That could be either be the biggest markets or it could be San Diego, San Diego and Washington, for example, who've got like Juan Soto or Fernando Tatis. And then without warning any of the teams, as many as little people in the league should know this is possible, ensure get get the old juiced balls from last year and make sure those are only out there during their half innings. I've also played around with corking each of their bats for the one team. So basically what I'm just doing here is I'm giving the big markets and the important teams a gross advantage over the rest of the league in this early play-in tournament thing. It's still not as bad as like what some of the reps do to NBA playoff teams. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I feel like if we, if we, if you juiced the ball and gave them corked bats, I have a pretty good feeling the teams you want to win are going to win because then for example, you're going to be able to get, I don't think you want any, I, I guess I'll go with Chicago because they're the big young team, but you really don't want anyone from the AL central. Um, but you'd no. get like, you'd get Houston, you get Houston for the Yankees AL West. You get the Yankees. Or let's, let's, yeah, let's just go say Yankees win the AL East. White Sox win the Central. And then you get the Angels with Mike Trout and the Red Sox for the two wild cards. Then from the National League, of course, you get the Braves, you get the Cubs, and you get the Dodgers. And then from there for the two wild cards, I'd probably give them to San Diego and the Mets. That way you have the biggest markets, the biggest teams. Actually, it'd be a toss-up between the Mets and the Nationals. Maybe I'll give maybe I'll give out Cardinals? 11. Cardinals yeah, are know, a big baseball market. I know they're a big baseball market, but – and they got Arenado too, you know. I'm not sure because, like, you know, the easy one for me to take off this list would be the Mets. But they're such a big market. Jacob like, DeGrom, Francisco Lindor. Yeah, like how can you um, – Pete Alonso. I mean, how, how, can, how can you take that team out? I just don't see a team that is worth cutting. I mean, I guess I could give 12 there. I mean, why not? So basically you are going to rig the game. Well, not rig the game. But uh, yes, I'm going to rig the game. Give a significant advantage <laughs> to those teams in their, in their games. In order uh, to ensure the highest playoff um, ratings possible. You're just also, completely selling out for 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 money here, which uh, I don't. I, I it I guess is okay. I mean, it would be fun. Well, I mean, to it's, watch. it's such a unique circumstance that I feel like you kind of have to. Like, 
you're never going to get this opportunity if you're the league again. Also, as for how this would go, keep in mind also not only will the playoff um, ratings be insane, but these sports channels are going to be tripping over themselves to be able to get the privilege of covering this. So I might actually go ahead and give, cut a deal to give, ooh, I'm not sure how the baseball MLB networks um, or MLB is media licensing contracts work if it's like exclusive-ish deals or not. But I would honestly like to give, let's give the Easts to ESPN, the Wests to Fox, and the Centrals to NBC. And then just wow, NBC getting baseball coverage again. Just do everything in my power to get it on as many channels as possible, all of these round robin games. Because at least all of them have at least one channel open or two, one to two channels open each day to be able to cover these. You figure you start them at like 11 a.m. and you'll be able to get just about every game on air each day. Yeah, you know, I was thinking so. The last day of the season is always on a Sunday. So for that next week, that Monday through whatever. Well, first of all, that last weekend heading into the playoffs, the end of the regular season, where every team is playing their last three games of the year. And it's like we have a chance where if this team wins twice and this team loses twice and yada, yada, yada every team could finish 81 and 81 and then seeing it actually happen like the reaction around the league would just be uh it would be insane i mean people would be literally losing their minds they would have no idea what to do every single fan base would be making their case as to why they should be either just awarded the championship for the season or just be put in some kind of playoff because they're saying, you know, yes, we are 81 and 81, but we are the best team in the league because so-and-so, but here's what I would do. So I'm going to sort the divisions. So you LJ did it by run, run differential. I'm doing it by intra division record. Okay. So whoever has the best a record against teams in your division, you host the other four teams. And I'm doing a round robin tournament, but uh, it's a little bit different, a little different. So you only play each, you only play two teams in your division. On back-to-back days, or excuse me, on uh, like two days out of the week. So like whether it's that next Monday or and then you have a day off on Wednesday. But it's seven-inning doubleheaders. Oh, for each game? For each, for each game. Because Ooh. I'm thinking these, these teams have already just gone an entire season and had to fill so many innings. Having them play like another five games – or four games and then start the playoffs. Like I, I'm for the sake of the league, for the sake of the pitchers, we're going to go seven inning double headers and we're expanding the rosters uh, like how, how you did it. Uh, it's only fair to 
expand the rosters at this point. Yeah, honestly, if you keep the rosters expanded, though, I feel like either way, no, there's not really an amount of innings that is ridiculously unfair. Yeah, I just think that the 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 double headers would be really cool, especially with that format. Oh yeah, where you're only playing so still a total of four games, uh, and if you're tied after the four games, the tiebreaker is run differential. If you're still tied, then you'll play a playoff game. But out of the divisions, the top. The team that is in first wins the division, okay? Then we're going to take the three second-place teams, okay? Okay. Whatever team had the best run differential out of those three in the doubleheader games gets the first wild card. The other two play for the wild card in a nine inning game oh you see i yeah i i was just thinking about actually i I was going to change to a very similar thing with the the final play in for the wild cards but um i also completely realized when i was thinking about this earlier i had a very different system a much better system for the league of Mm -hmm. selecting which um city hosts it should not be run differential. That was a very dumb idea. I'm not sure why I said it. My first idea was better. Home attendance. Whoever had the best <laughs> oh average attendance of the year. That would be that would be like, really good because that <laughs> it would just be the Yankees and the Dodgers and who who even has like it's just whoever has the biggest uh, ballparks really because those are the teams that get the most people. Uh, also the teams that had consistently good teams. Yeah. Like if the fan interest was peaked going into the year, you're going to still have, like, you're not going to have just like ballooned ticket sales at the end of the year. You're going to have it pretty consistent through the year. Yeah. This is, um, yeah. Think of it more like how the, uh, old arena football league used to do it. Yeah. That's how they used to settle, settle their entire, uh, bracket as to who's the home team. Is that how they did it? Um, yes. I believe that was who got the last leg of each. Mm, okay. Well, um, so, yeah, those teams play into the playoffs, and then we have the actual playoffs, uh, which would be very entertaining as no team would really separate themselves from the pack. Honestly, that MLB season, I feel like up until, like, September would be really boring. Because yeah. every well, actually, I don't know. Like, it would probably be interesting because all every single team is like close throughout the entire year. Like the actual races for the wild cards and whatever, people will be stressing over, and then for it all to end in a tie. But could Rob Manfred construct a system that was good enough, like to maintain? Something no, like and oh. admittedly, neither of our systems are like that great. I mean, no. they're fun. And, but that's, they're, de- both, they're, they're decent, but but we've only had you know just like a couple of. I mean, like in times in terms of actual us actually us thinking about it, not that long 
to come up with something. It's their no, job no. to do that. Like it's his job. Yeah. Like this is what he gets paid. I'm assuming over a million dollars to do. I mean, I don't know how much well, well over. normally commissioners make. Well over that. Well over, yes. Yeah, so but, I mean, he will be they will be raking in the dough in all seriousness. I just did the math here, crunching the numbers. I added 134 games to the MLB season. <laughs> wow. And they're all going to be on TV. They're National all going to be on TV. TV and they're all going to be within a week. Let's see. How many games did I add? So you do the every team plays another four yeah. at yeah. least. Yeah. So. so that's 20. It's basically 120 and then the uh, wild card tournament is what yours was, it was what mine was as well. Um, another thing that would be an interesting rule to add here, which could completely change temporarily the landscape of MLB, in order to make the whole, the amount of games in the playoff time feasible, if you waive the um, option years just during that period on the contracts, so that way, if you like this, realistically, what you're going to want is you're going to want a lot of pitchers on your on your roster to be in your bullpen so you can keep going through guys as much as you can. First off, three better minimums got to go here as if, they're, if we're trying to save arms. But three better minimums got to go and they got to allow you to make changes to your roster during the middle of that year's playoffs, because normally prior to a playoff series. You have to like submit a roster yeah. and that's it for the whole series. We, you would have to let, you know, yeah. So get ba- new players. Like so basically kind of the reason I say wave the option years and all of that is that way all of the um, guys, basically anything that would have to have you designated for assignment or waived in order to get um, put down off the 40 man roster. Basically, I just don't I don't want anybody to be at risk of being stolen from their team if the team decides to take a whole bunch of position players off and load up on pitchers on the 40 men. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's actually I would have I don't think I would have thought of that, but that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Well, uh that was a good talk uh, on that. Uh, I know later on in the show, we're going to talk about the American League Silver Sluggers so far. But uh, let's get into these game recaps. And we're going to start it off with, I mean, this is just turning itself into a story day after day. The Diamondbacks and the Giants D-backs having lost 22 straight on the road coming into this one. And spoiler alert. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season... 
Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts, it's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. It did not go well for them today. <laughs> Bottom two, Kirk Casale, two-run bomb, his first home run of the year for the Giants. They take a 2 nothing lead, and then Mauricio Dubon, RBI single, and it's 3 nothing San Francisco after two innings. But they weren't done. They get runs in the third, fourth, and fifth innings. Wilmer Flores sack fly, Mauricio Dubon double, Kurt Casale triple, and the Giants lead 6-0 after five. Arizona gets on the board for two runs in the seventh, thanks to David Peralta singling. But then Kurt Casale comes through again in the seventh inning. RBI single now, just a double shy of the cycle at this point. And then Steven Duger with a double of his own. Eight to two. Mike Yastrzemski, Yaz. Mikey Yaz, baby. Mikey Yaz, RBI single, 10-2. San Francisco, they win 10-3. They get a fantastic start from Kevin Gosman, who is continuing to make his uh, case to be up there in the, in the Cy Young voting, you know, who knows what's going on with uh, Jacob DeGrom, whether or not he's going to have to miss his next start. And Gosman's rolling now eight and one on the year tonight, eight innings, two earned four hits, six K's season ERA down to 1.51. The loss to Zach Gallen, a uh, really uncharacteristic start for him. Two and two thirds, four hits, four earned and three strikeouts. Arizona, has now lost 23 games in a row on the road. And since May 1st, they are 5 and 36. And since the day before that, when they went into that game uh, 15 and 13, they are 5 and 37 since they had their largest lead above 500 this season at 15 and 13. Our informant at the Daily, uh, the Pittsburgh Post, no, the Pittsburgh Daily Gazette pointed that out to us. But yeah, they're on a five and 37 skid. Yeah. Uh, this is just, it's it's become a joke at this point. They, they, the break the, they, the- they broke the MLB record for most consecutive road losses ever. I don't, I don't think I can like, I don't fully wrap my head around it. With that being said, it is by far the most amusing story, the most interesting story in the league right now. I mean, you have three teams in the AL East that have looked brilliant of late. And this is somehow the most important story in the league. Like, uh, how is I that just, fair? I just tagged you in a tweet uh, from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, you should check out uh, no. their their social media team is is not handling it well. No, honestly, again, another one of the one of the best social media teams in baseball. Oh yeah, 
I can't blame them. But to be fair, could this possibly be the best thing for us? There is nothing better than good content creators when there is nothing to talk about. Like when you've got a social media team or the right podcast group that is just supposed to be talking about something and it's either something they genuinely do not want to talk about like if their team's really bad if it's it doesn't matter if it's social media podcast writing whatever those can be some of the most hysterical times like at some point here we're going to get to be like the uh, marlins a couple of years ago where they just did not care what they said on here they were just they were just there for a good time because they were, weren't getting any good times on the field I am very much looking forward to some more gems from this group. Yeah. And, you know, not only with the Arizona Diamondbacks, but I think on this podcast, you know, like once we get to mid August and. All right. Slow much, down here. No, 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 no. no. I'm no, no, no. Well, what I'm saying is once we get to mid August and we have a, we, we know who's good and who's not good. And we've talked about all the good teams and all the bad teams enough. There's going to be holes in content for us definitely so that's gonna be i have to disagree with you brandon because i genuinely thought we were gonna have to have a real rough day where we had nothing to talk about at this point we have yet to run out of things to talk about there's like a list of things every day that i wish we could have talked about but we just um yeah let me uh, let me for one remind you um we kind of never mentioned the whole Marcelo Zuna thing. The dude got arrested and it just never was able to make it to the podcast. Like there, I wish we'd made a list of all of the things that got flat out missed on the show. Randy Dobnak contract extension. <laughs> Randy Dobnak contract extension, the most important thing. in Five the- years for $8 million. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, if we had a list of the amount of things that we have had to miss, it would be a mile long. So I don't sweat that, but I genuinely don't think we're going to have to do that, especially seeing I have another pitch for content here at some point. I would like to do a series on the most ridiculous travesties in MLB MVP voting to ever exist. Oh, LJ, I am a I am a pro on this. I've studied the 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 baseball of reference awards pages many times and i can convince you that barry bonds should have won another five or six mvps uh, i would like i would like to start with babe ruth with the baloney those well, are the, LJ, that is the back, ever <laughs> yeah because back then once you won the mvp once you weren't allowed to win it again. It's is- the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. So once you're valuable once, all of a sudden you can never be valuable again is basically what this group told you. Keep in mind also, the people that were voting on this MVP, it was a select group of like eight people. How is that a, a good consensus of the population? Babe Ruth should have won like probably like 10 MVPs, like yeah, because I was looking at his baseball reference. And of course, I hadn't I didn't really know that rule off the top of my head, Brandon. I'm sure you have looked into this a lot more before now than I have. And I'm like, wait a minute, he only has one MVP. What's going on here? That I looked down to his baseball reference and I'm like, what the heck is going on with this nine-year gap between votes? 
And the only difference was he was waiting for the Baseball Writers Association of America to take over. And at that point, I mean, he was still he was still really good, but it was kind of the down to, down tilt of his career. It was the last five seasons he played. He was when he received his second round of MVP votes, he was 36 years old and there was a slew of hall of famers right in front of him. So like you can't, I I can't really argue with the fact that guys like lefty Grove were receiving MVPs. Uh, Lou Gehrig was above him at a much young, much younger age, but like, you know, it's, it's not fair. LJ, I have a great just group of stats here for you. So between 1924 and 1930, when he didn't receive any MVP votes, so he combined in those years to average 9.7 war. <laughs> and his, his hitting stats were, okay, so he per 162 games, he had 54 home runs, 158 RBIs, and he slashed 348, 476, 712, which is good for a 1.188 OPS and a 206 OPS plus. I mean, that's that's in, in incredible numbers, and he didn't receive a single vote for even 10th place in the MVP vote, like at all. I mean, it's just, it is, it is a real shame. Can you imagine if this was the NBA or something though? The NBA like, MVP is just like, it just changes based on whatever the kind of narrative is that year because Russell Westbrook gets a triple double. He averages triple double. and they, It was amazing. Yeah, and he's done it for the last five years, and they just like okay, it doesn't matter anymore. Like he's 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 broke the game. Like that's like their excuse when like it's like no, he probably shouldn't have got it in the first place because whoa 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 no you, LJ, are, I'm actually gonna, I'm going to defend this because if you took him off that team, was he th- that that group even close to a playoff team? Okay, well, no, here's the point I'm making. If he's going to go out and average a triple-double every year, like, the only reason why they get – all right, like, yes, he, he was really good that year that he well, did The difference – no, 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 the like, difference is – But it's like they, they act like it's not a cool accomplishment anymore. It's like, oh, like, yeah, he, like, he's just the triple-double guy. Like, like that, that's, that's all he is now. Yeah, I mean, again, it is a, sh- it is a shame because don't let anyone mistake the fact – it is impressive still that he's averaging triple doubles. Oh, yeah. You agree. It, it, it's really impressive. It's just the fact that everyone doesn't care anymore because they're like, oh, like he's supposed to do that. Or like, but like they're, that's pretty much what they think. With that said, there is a difference between being the lone guy and having another person there. Um, I'm trying to think what year. Oh, yeah, that was the one year he didn't. The last two of the last three actually yeah all the last three times he averaged a triple double there was another all-star next to him whether you whether you are whether you uh think russell westbrook or bradley beal is the more important piece to that washington team is one thing but there was another guy there 
The difference in the MVP season is this guy led the league in scoring and average and triple double. He had 30, he was yeah. averaging 32 yeah. points a game and average a triple double. But I think that is enough off topic on baseball we should, or basketball. We should probably get back at baseball unless the baseball well, is the off topic. I, think I have a one more off topic thing for, oh, for wait. baseball as we're talking about. Actually, um, I for, completely forgot to tie back my point to bring up <laughs> basketball. Oh, okay. In basketball, there is not like i can't believe i did that like there isn't nearly the same like factual numbers to measure value like not enough people care about win shares in basketball but that's beside that's beside the point right now can we on a serious note i mean what would you think the overall outlook on babe ruth would be if this was the nba like if in an nba mindset He'd be looked at as a scrub. He'd be looked at as an absolute bum, like worse than Larry Bird. Larry Bird gets the ridic- most ridiculous um, flack, first off. But like having one MVP, two all-star game appearances, people look at that stuff in, in the NBA and take it as gospel. And so all they would say is, oh, he was a stat patter. He didn't do much. He meant nothing. He wasn't, he wasn't elite, which couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah, you know, they would have been like, well, see, no, because the problem with that is that he he won seven World Series. And to NBA fans, if you win a championship. Doesn't Andrew Vergeau have like four? Robert Ori has like nine or like eight or nine. And like, it's just. I don't know how to say I don't know. But the one of. Uh, off-topic baseball thing I wanted to bring up, and I actually think because it is important, uh, baseball reference and the entire MLB, I guess archive is the right word, has added Negro League stats. Uh, They are now counted as official major league stats. So these players did play in the MLB. Uh, that's That's how they're classifying it. So guys like Jackie Robinson, Satchel Paige, Larry Doby, who was uh, the first player to play in the American League, all of their stats from the Negro Leagues uh, are official MLB stats. And now, actually, LJ, we have a new leader for single-season whip, and the record has been absolutely shattered. So Pedro Martinez previously had it at 0.7373 in 2000. Now behind him was Kenta Maeda in 2020 at 0.7500. And now the record goes to Hilton Smith in 1944 for the Kansas City Monarchs. Uh, Over 22 and two-thirds innings pitched. And that does qualify for the leaderboard. Yeah, I was about to say, why? Because his team that year only played uh, 68 games. And you have to pitch, I believe, um, a third of an inning for every game that your team plays in a season. So in 22 and two-thirds innings, Hilton Smith uh, had a whip of point. 618 so completely shattering 
the MLB record. And he faced a total of, well, they don't have a total number of the batters that he faced. So I don't know how they could calculate his whip, but, or because it's innings pitch, never mind. But he allowed 11 hits, two earned runs, and three walks. And this isn't whoop. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, very impressive indeed. Uh, a couple of cool guys to look at are like Josh Gibson, who was a, pe- people called him the Babe Ruth of the Negro Leagues. He was a career 374 hitter, a career 215 OPS plus, and had multiple seasons where extrapolated across a 162 game season would have put up over 10 war most notably a 6.3 war season in only 69 games uh in 1943 where he was hitting 466 uh an on-base percentage of 560 and a ops plus of 281 he had 20 home runs and 109 rbis in 69 games so yeah that guy was really good but yeah um just, Enough off-topic stuff, I guess. No, also one thought here, just something oh, yeah. that they, they do need to uh, change is they don't have the Negro League jerseys and everything in. Oh, yeah, the uh, jersey. Got, yeah, because yeah, I just looked at um, Jackie Robinson's numbers, and it doesn't count in. You know, I think that for some of the players, like, they don't have – like a lot of these stats aren't exactly complete. Like they don't have grounded into double plays. They don't have uh, caught stealing. They, they don't have strikeout numbers for some hitters. Uh, and you know, it's, just, it's just weird. Yeah. But you have to have that to complete a lineup. Like they have to have lineup cards. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, so they should have the numbers theoretically. And, and they were able to do it, like, they added in his seventh All-Star. Jackie Robinson made six All-Star games in the majors, or, yeah, in uh, the National League, and then one in the Negro League. So he should have theoretically been he, – he should be at seven. He is at seven in those. But they don't have the numbers. It's interesting. They also – like this guy Hilton Smith, it says that he won the 1942 World Series. Oh, okay, because the Kansas City Monarchs won it that year. So he's a World Series champion as the Negro Leagues did have a World Series. I believe there's like five or six different leagues that they uh, uh, classified as major leagues at the time. So, yeah, we're certainly going to do more more digging on this and uh, – We'll have to see what we can find, uh, if we can find anything interesting. All right, I believe next up we've got... Uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm still up. Yeah, and yeah. this next game was a shock to me. Uh, uh, so, Rockies and Brewers, Colorado's going for the sweep. And they put up a five spot in the bottom of the first on our guy, LJ, Brandon Woodruff. Oof. CJ Crone grand slam and then Garrett Hampson steps up and hits a home run of his own. It's five nothing early. We're scoreless from that point on until the sixth, where Rymel Tapia RBI single, Jonathan Daza RBI single, seven nothing, Colorado. Luis Urias 
three RBI bases clearing double in the seventh. That'll pad his stats, but that's all Milwaukee gets in this one. They lose seven to three. The wind to Herman Marquez. Six innings of one hit ball, allowing no earned runs, three walks, and two strikeouts. The loss to Brandon Woodruff, five innings, five hits, five earned, two walks, and five strikeouts. The season ERA now sits at 1.94. And uh, the Colorado Rockies sweep the Milwaukee Brewers. Wow. I mean, I mean, you certainly have to account for them among the t- league's hottest teams, but like, yeah, it's a weird part of the season. Cause like they've been, they've been, they've been solid of late, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, who cares? It's one, it's one of those, it's, it's a non, what would be non-essential story, non-factoring story. Like you well, want you to know, care, but you're the, the 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 Brewers have been good, and they are fighting for the uh, NL Central lead. They're only a game back now. I mean, had they won today, it would be tied for first. So it's it's certainly a story. It's just you know, yeah. I mean, it's a story because they were doing they were, they were really doing well against the Padres too the other day. Yeah. So. It's it's not like they're not beating good teams. It's just the fact that they're beating so many good teams right now, but have no real. <laughs> it's like it's a, it's a bitter ending no matter what. Well, all right. Next up, we've got the Mariners and the Rays. Quite an ending to this one, but scoring starts in favor of the Mariners as J.P. Crawford hits an RBI single to start scoring before a flurry of offense in the middle innings by the Rays, including a Randy Rosarena home run, his 10th of the year, puts Tampa up 5-2 going into the bottom of the sixth. During that inning, Ty France is able to hit a two-run piece to cut the deficit to one, and this score holds until the bottom of the ninth as Pete Fairbanks tries to put this away. With runners with a runner on, Shed Long Jr. is able to hit an RBI double and advance one runner to third and score the other to tie the game. And then from there, Kyle Seeker hits an RBI single to walk this one off. The Mariners upset the Rays here at a score of six to five. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Give the win to Hector Santiago, who came out of the bullpen, 
it was a pretty clean bullpen day for Seattle. No one going over two innings in this one. The loss will go to Pete Fairbanks, his first blown save of the season. And Brandon, this is, I've completely lost count of innings. However, I would have to think it's somewhere around 26 or 27 consecutive innings this was before Fairbanks that the Rays bullpen didn't allow a run. And now we're an insane number. Uh, Yeah, they didn't have an earned run at least through like 20 some odd innings coming into this before Pete Fairbanks blows his first save of the year, receives his second loss of the year. Uh, And now I believe Tampa just lost three in a row, right? Yes, this has been, and it's interesting, you know, maybe it's not connected. However, from the moment they got the glass now diagnosis, this has been a huge momentum killer for this team. This is a team that just went, they went and they took the uh, first game against Chicago. I believe we actually titled episode 108. Rays are still legit. We checked. And then from there, it's been all downhill as the glass now news comes in and they start quite consistently losing here. Yeah. And another team that has uh, taken advantage of the Rays losing since the glass now injury is my New York Yankees as they take on the Toronto Blue Jays uh, in Buffalo, they are back in in Buffalo, and in the first inning, the Yankees get into a bit of trouble. Marcus Simeon walks, and then Bo Bichette singles, and then a wild pitch. So we got runners on second and third with no outs with Vladdy Jr. of a very scary situation with Michael King. Well, how about we dial up the one three six two five six triple play to get yourself out of the inning uh an insane insane moment that i got the chance to watch live so uh it's much too hard to explain and much too long in in a detail to explain but there was a lot of me screaming at the tv when i was like oh my god there's two runners on the base i'm like what are we doing and then we threw it across the diamond and got the out. And I'm just, I'm just yelling like, tag him, tag him. And then I'm like, oh, throw it. And we get the last down and we turn the triple play. And I'm running through my apartment just screaming, oh, my God, that was the craziest triple play I've ever seen. And I was just, I was very excited because like 20 seconds prior to that, I mean, I, 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 I see this situation, Michael King on the mound. The best player in the league is up and it's second and third with no outs. And he just threw a wild pitch to get the runners into scoring position. Like at that moment, if you are a Yankee fan, you are very nervous. Like you almost consider pitching around Vladdy completely and just at, and just like loading the base with no outs. I mean, he's been that good this year and to have him hit into a triple play is just you couldn't draw it any better. And the Yankees take advantage of this. Top yeah, I don't two. think they did draw that up. <laughs> no. <laughs> no hey, value, this, wasn't, this wasn't the signal brought to the uh, pitcher from the dugout. Uh, Gary the Sanchez put down the triple play sign and 
it, we just it worked, but it just you just gotta execute from there. Uh, in the top of the second, Toronto was so I don't even know what the, stunned that the triple that triple play was turned that they chose to learn to not field the ball properly. And Miguel Andujar reaches on a fielder's choice. Uh, pitcher TJ Zoik throwing error that allows Gio Rochella to score. The Yankees take a one nothing lead. Top three, Gio Rochella goes deep, eighth homer of the year, two run bomb, and it's a three nothing Yankees lead. Toronto gets two on the board in the bottom of that inning on a Reese McGuire double, and then Bo Bichette. Uh, ground out that scores a run bottom five the blue jays tie the game and bottom six they take the lead thanks to singles from marcus simeon and randall gritchick they lead four to three after six innings top seven giancarlo stanton steps up rips a two-run bomb is 13th of the year and that gives the yankees a 5-4 lead chris gittens then singles uh, and it's a 7-4 lead for the Yankees. They go on to win 8-4, to and they sweep Toronto out in Buffalo. Uh, let me just say that, first of all, last night the Yankees got away with two calls that they probably shouldn't have gotten away with because the camera angles at this park suck when it comes to instant replay and review because – it's not a major league stadium and there's not as many cameras and angles for each play. Yankees got away with two plays last night tonight on the triple play. The last out Bo Bichette probably got in there. Probably only should have been a double play. It goes to challenge. There's not a good enough angle to tell and it's called out, but the win to Chad Green, the loss to Anthony Castro, Michael King, four and a third, three earned. TJ Zoik, three innings, two earned. And, yeah, Yankee sweep. LJ, uh, you certainly had some thoughts about the the Buffalo crowd, which was yeah. very pro-Yankee the entire uh, series. Um, I just, overall, this whole series, this past week, I have to ask your opinion on the Blue Jays because I think they've completely lost out. Like, I feel, I know this is premature in terms of the actual, like, season. Like, they'll probably make a couple more runs into things. However, they are certainly the least likely team to make the playoffs in this division. Part of that is because... Outside of Baltimore, yeah. Yes, of the, of the four that are actually contending, trying. Um, of of the four actual MLB teams, yes. Yes. Um, but then you – yeah, because, I mean, the Rays are much better than we thought. The Red Sox are way better than we thought ever dreamed of. Um, Yankees are still right there. But so realistically, the way I see it talent-wise, this is almost a semi-level playing field. Like – Toronto is almost as talented as the Yankees in Boston. Like, they could beat any of those teams at home. You can agree with that, right? From a talent perspective? I just don't think they're there pitching. They, they're, yeah, they're, they're a solid team, but when it comes the to the bullpen is just atrocious. awful. It, it's so bad. Atrocious. And 
as a team, though, I just I struggle to see them as the contender we all thought they were this year, not by the talent, more by the situational capability. This was a huge, like it or not, this past week was a huge week for them. You had four against Boston, and this was this four against three the Yankees? Three. Three against the Yankees. So your last seven games could have sent you catapulting up in the division standings. Instead, you get a disappointing sweep with a very cold Boston team where you blew two of the games. Like, flat out, you probably should have won that series. But you did not perform well in the crunch time. You were unable to finish out games in which you had command of in the late innings. And then you go up against the Yankees. Once you did, once you got a split with the Red Sox, this Yankees series became must win because whichever team reasonably they could have, if Tampa had stayed on course, they could have easily found themselves 10 games back of the division. Luckily they didn't, but they're now below 500. And this is a very long eight and a half game hike if they wanted to get back in it. Do you do you think they're built for the big time right now? Like I just cannot see this team, even if they put themselves back in a position to win, I cannot see this team as currently constructed as making any sort of push in late in the season because they're not going to be able to win the big games when they need to win them. No, and you know it all comes down to so. LJ and I were certainly just hating on the the bullpen. And you might be going, well, Brandon, I'm on fan graphs right now. And it says that they have the 10th best ERA when it comes to team bullpen use. Yeah. Well, how many, how many games have they lost this year because their bullpen blew it? Like, I want you to go and look. It seems like they give up runs in the most untimely spots. All the oh, time. it's always it's always high leverage situations in which they are giving up the runs. I mean, think about against the Red Sox. How many high leverage situations did they just completely fall apart in that series? Right? Like, yeah. No, you're right. And sure, the offense is amazing. amazing. They score 18 runs the other day. I mean, that's that's great. But just pitching wise, if if you're coming into a series, and your top three is Hyunjin Ryu, who, yes, is a great pitcher. But this year, he hasn't been uh, elite. He's been good, but he hasn't been what we've seen out of him. Uh, who's your number two? Are you really throwing Ross Stripling in game two? Like, are you going to throw Robbie Ray? Sure. Like, Robbie Ray's been good this year. But in a playoff series, he's your game two starter. And then where do you even go game three? Do you go to Ross Stripling? You go to Alec Manoa? Like, there's just a lack of depth in the starting rotation. Sure, uh, Steven Matz, who's on the COVID IL right now, when he comes back, you could, you could uh, go to him. But it's like, these aren't pitchers who you're comfortable with, like, that often. Like, I know Steven Matz is a good pitcher, but... He's no more than a three right now. And it's just, uh, I don't know. There's teams whose top three where their number three starter is 
a number one on some team. So it's just the the pitching's not there. I think they're going to be a really good team in the future. Like you have a guy like Nate Pearson, who's a top prospect, Alec Manoa. Those guys are the future of this team when it comes to pitching. And of course, we know how good the hitters are going to be. So it's just, it's certainly frustrating to be a Blue Jays fan right now. We'll have to get Graham Wallace back on the show at some point to see what he thinks of the play right now. But it's not looking good. Not looking up for them. Uh, let's try and speed through these. We've gotten yeah. off topic. It's it's our. What, what are we running now? What's that? I forget. I forget what time we started. But what what do you think we're running? Oh, uh, we're probably approaching the hour mark, so we can push the AL Silver Sluggers to tomorrow. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, that'll work. All right. So isn't that isn't that great about having a seven days a week podcast? Just like oh, you can just push it tomorrow. Yeah, that's okay. We just yeah. push everything to tomorrow. We we honestly have what was the thing that we did? Like, oh, I think it was one of the all star things to start this month that ended up being like a week late because we just kept pushing it off because we started talking about completely random stuff. Yeah, but I mean, what? I mean, that, mark, mark my mark my effort. words. We could we could probably rush through this, and our little rant about Russell Westbrook will be the dif- difference between us being able to talk about the Silver Sluggers and not. Um, yeah, R- Russell Westbrook, Babe Babe Ruth. Uh, I stand it, by it that was... again. Yeah, the, the the ridiculous thing about that, and we're now getting into a new, another tangent about our tangents, but um, the ridiculous. <laughs> Killers. It never ends. It never ends. It's it's a vicious cycle. It really is. But the ridiculous thing about the Babe Ruth thing is, is I was just explaining to you a segment I wanted to do in the future, and then it turned into its own branch off of a segment. Um, yeah, so we're going over to Baltimore and Cleveland now. And this game started with some early scoring for Cleveland in the bottom of the first is Jose Ramirez. Hits his 16th home run of the year. And then after some fan interference is able to pull the ball and upheld. I have not seen that play. I should want to go look at it. But anyway, Brad, uh, Bobby Bradley ends up. Wait a minute. Holy smokes. Did Bobby Bradley just get, I believe he just got a bingo bango Yahtzee. I could be wrong on. Oh yeah. He's been hot. On a fan fan interfered ball. That's so it's a fan interference. Oh no. Tell me he didn't have one yesterday. He had (laughs) one the day before. He's been raking this year. Oh my god. Look at his numbers. Yeah, I know. But um, what do you call it? Bobby Bradley, keep that name in your in the back of your minds. He is the future of Cleveland for the time being at first base. Um, yeah, no, he had one today and he had one two days ago. So we are currently on the bingo. We'll see if he can get a fan interference bango. But either way, we are now up three nothing for Cleveland here. Austin Hayes homers in the second, and then in the fourth. Michael Franco goes yard. Trey Mancini drives in a third run here. However, that won't be enough as the Indians are able to score 10 in this game to match the Orioles three. This includes a Eddie Rosario solo piece, a Ernie Clement double, 
and a Yu Chang home run late in the bottom of the eighth helped them to a 10-3 win. Give the win to Trevor Steffen. He went an inning in the third in relief for Cleveland, and then Jorge Lopez gets the loss here. He went four and a third, allowing five earned runs and three strikeouts. All right, uh, Cubs and Mets. This I'm going to try to make this the quickest recap ever. Uh, all right, basically, top one, Javi Baez, two-run home run. The only thing to happen in this game, uh, Kyle Hendricks, six innings, two hits. The only two hits the Mets would get all day. He gets seven strikeouts in the win. Marcus Stroman, seven innings, two earned and eight Ks in the loss. The only real blemish, blemish on his uh, line today is that home run in the first. Cubs bullpen pitches three perfect innings capped off by a Craig Kimbrell save. He gets two Ks. Season ERA down to 0.64 and his 19th save on the year. The Cubs go Chafin to Tepera to Kimbrell. What a combination, all under a two ERA now. And they win two to nothing. LJ, this Cubs bullpen, I mean, those three have been lights out. Yeah. Again, you need, if you're going to be an overachiever like the Cubs have been so far this year. You need guys to step up, this and luckily you've got been that. Insane. Oh my! Not only has the God. not only has the whole bullpen been insane. I mean, allowing the fewest hits, striking out the second most batters, allowing the least least amount of runs in the league is fantastic. But you also had quite a few guys step up in this lineup too, and look much better than they have in recent years. I mean, I don't I don't think you can understate what guys like Chris Bryant have been able to do to put at least a little confidence in this lineup. Jock Peterson as well has been able to be standout players to be able to pull them. Cause like, again, you can have great bullpen outings from as many guys as you want, but if you don't have runs on the board to make those bullpen outings matter, then what is, what is it all for? Like a bullpen is there to hold a lead preferably not, eke out a loss so these guys should be able to be in wins and they have been in wins because of great play all around on this team I've really had a lot of fun rooting for them to completely screw with their owner's future plans yeah and the one thing that sucks for the Cubs is that they owe Jason Hayward 44 million over the next two years he's a black hole at the plate and he sucks in the field now and that money could be going to Chris Bryant or uh, one of the guys that you're about to let walk. So, well, it, it has to go to Chris Bryant. It's it, it's plain and single, simple. I will get up on my soapbox and I will scream this till the day I die. He's 29. He's all right. Granted, he's a year older than Javi Baez. However, we're talking about a top five player in the National League right now in Chris Bryant. Is that is that kind of fair to say? Top ten at least. Yeah, absolutely. This year, and. He and again, you look at his stats, and he was a top 10, top five. He's a former MVP winner. The difference was people figured out how to pitch to him until he eventually learned how to adjust. He also played all of the 60 game season hurt. So there's only so much analyzing that information. You can you can pretty much see that he has been a 
a great player since he came up. And you've got him at age 29. He's one of your younger stars on this team. You have to keep somebody around here. And he 100% should be that guy. He is a brilliant player and was the face of your World Series team. So don't, don't make a mistake here by letting everybody walk because you can't afford them to start a rebuild and then all of a sudden be shocked when you have no veteran presence to both lead the team in big moments, carry, carry the ticket sales for the next couple of years, and overall create a good locker room. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked when you don't have that because you let a great player walk when it feels to me with a big market like that completely unnecessary for all of them to go. Yeah, they have a big offseason ahead of them. Anthony Rizzo is a free agent. Bryant's a free agent. Baez is a free agent. Zach Davies is a free agent. Ryan Tapera is a free agent. So this, I mean, this this Jason Hayward contract, they're going to have to work around it. They're going to have to bite the bullet for the next two years. And if the, they can still seriously contend if they get pitching. I mean, we've seen the offense and we've seen what they can do. Certainly, they've slowed down as a late. They had a, they had a rough start to the year. But when they're hot, I mean, they're a very, very fun team to watch and they're good in. I think that in the future, they just need to get this pitching and try to get these pieces back. But, I mean, in my opinion, at least one of Bryant Baez Rizzo is walking. I, I mean, if they're able to bring them all back, that's really impressive. But Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. We've, you know, they, they won't. But yeah, well, in the way that the the MLB GMs view free agent contracts now they see that most of them don't turn out very good especially if you're going to be giving it to a guy who's over 30 years old Bryant will be over 30 when he starts his contract next year Rizzo is going to be 32 and Baez is going to be 29 next year so you know where they go as term in terms of them is going to be really really interesting but it, it's it's going to be a huge mistake if they let everybody walk. I don't and think they're going to let them all walk. They're going to have to get someone. Exactly. You have because, to get Because somebody. this offseason, they, they let everyone walk. They already let everyone walk. So it, it, It's a mess. But I digress. I'm up next with the Astros and the White Sox, two very good teams. 
And scoring started in the bottom of the first as Michael Brantley goes yard his fourth of the year to put Houston up 3-0. Another score doesn't come until the Houston, yet again, in the bottom of the fourth, they put up a four spot thanks to RBIs from Carlos Correa, Abraham Toro, and Jose Altuve. Chicago is able to put runs on the board here in the top of the sixth as Adam Angle hits an RBI single and as, as well Jose Abreu drives in their second run. But that's all they have in this game are those two home runs. Jose Altuve in the bottom of the sixth goes yard his 16th, so 16th piece of the year, and that finishes the bingo. Bango Yahtzee and one of the most historic bingo bango Yahtzees of all time as he, Brandon, I'm not sure if you saw this or not, was the first player to ever hit a grand slam to walk off a game and then hit a leadoff home run in the next game in MLB history. Wow, that's impressive. And so that was within this bingo bango Yahtzee. So one of the all-time bingo bangos. The Astros win this one 10-2. Give the win to Jose Urquidy. He went seven innings, allowing two earned runs and five strikeouts. The loss goes to Dylan Cease. He went three and a third, allowing six earned runs and four strikeouts. You know, we have to wait and see how this the rest of this series turns out. We started talking about the Rays early, and Chicago was able to pull that series out in the end. However, this Astros team is freaking good. I, yeah, I, will, I, I, I think continue. they're the only team over a hundred run run a differential right now. Yeah, they're at plus one one oh one. I would believe so. Yeah. This this is a really good team with granted young pitching. So every now and then you're gonna have um screw-ups. Every single team has screw-ups. Brandon, you've seen it with the Yankees where the pitching just isn't there one day. It happens. I've seen it with the Red Sox. If you're expecting a gem every day, they, I don't know what kind of baseball fan you are. Oh, it's completely unrealistic. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, it hit, pitching is just the same as hitting as far as I'm concerned in terms of it goes in streaks. Like you're going to have a couple starts where you're really feeling it or maybe the entire rotation sometimes is feeling it. And then you could go a week where you couldn't buy a good start out of anybody. Granted, it, it, kills, it kills all the momentum. However, it just happens. You're not going to be able to put your best stuff out there. But it, it's felt like for them, when they have fallen off, uh, your mic is, your words weren't coming through there. You kind of cut out for a minute. I still can't hear what you're saying. You're... Is it good? Oh, yeah. Okay, you're good now. Okay. Well, what I was saying was, you know, they're, they, so they've had their share of bad, really bad starts along, mm, the, yeah. along the way. Um, with that being said, this is the best offense in baseball. And when they're on, like when they're not, or at least what I, I should say when they're not off, this rotation is scary. Especially if you add in a decent Jayco to Rizzi. I mean, I know a lot of it hasn't been decent, but if you get a good spot here and there from him, it's fantastic. Granky goes off every now, every, every couple starts, he goes off. 
Urquidy. Garcia has been great. Framber Valdez has been great since he came back. So there isn't a starter that I really want to face, particularly would choose to face other than Odorizzi, but they'd never put him out there in a legitimate situation. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is if I were looking at the playoffs right now, this feels like one of the teams I would least like to face across the board. Like regardless of record, they're, they're the team that scares me the most in the AL. Oh yeah, easily. I mean, right now they have the best batting average in the league, the best on base percentage in the league. They've scored the most runs in the league and they have the highest team OPS in the league. So offensively, just like going down the order, I mean, Altuve, Brantley, Gurriel, Alvarez, Correa, like that's tough because you have a mix of lefties and righties in there. You got Alvarez and Brantley as, as lefties, Altuve, Aguriel, and Correa as righties. And then you throw in a guy like Chaz McCormick, Chase or Chaz, I don't know how to say it, but I, I mean, think it's he, Chaz. He's, he's up around, you know, over an 850 OPS this year. He's only had over like a hundred plate appearances, but this team just hits man. And, like, yeah, like you're saying with the starting rotation, love Granky. Urquidy's a young, good pitcher. Luis Garcia, uh, I've seen him have really nasty stuff against the Yankees. Oh, yeah. I've has- seen every single one of these guys look like a Cy Young Award winner. I've also looked and seen every single player in this lineup look like David Ortiz at some point in time. So I've had quite the run in with Houston this year. Framber is really good. I mean, this guy I actually think is going to be a stud. He is – what he's done so far this year is really, really incredible. And let's not forget they just signed Lance McCullers prior to the year. I remember talking about it. That was a pretty long contract that he signed. Yeah, he goes – he signed for five years, $85 million, So he'll be a part of the team through 2026. Let's not forget about him. I mean, he's he's technically rounding out the rotation right now, and he's really good. And then our guy, LJ, Justin Verlander, he'll be back. Yeah, imagine, I was about to say, imagine if Justin Verlander was on this team. Oh, well, the scary part is that, so he has Tommy John, September 30th, 2020. If there was ever going to be someone who would come back for a playoff, for the playoffs, <laughs> Or actually, I think you have to be on the 40-man roster by September 1st if you want to be on uh, eligible for the playoff roster. Yeah, but again, the 40-man the is... Oh, he's probably still on the 40-man, yeah. Well, I mean, I think you can take him off the 40-man if he's on the IL. However, the 40-man's 40 spots. I mean, you. I'm sure if you have the slight... By the time... What am I trying to say here? By September 1st, you would know if there was a chance that Justin Verlander could come back for the postseason. So by that logic, you could you could take anybody off, any bum that's in the farm system that you were kind of just either rule five protecting or an occasional depth piece that you have on the 40 man. You can make room for him if you have a chance of getting that guy back in the middle of or for the postseason. Like you got to do it if you can. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move on to the next and third to last recap for only a 10 game day. This seemed like this is this is a marathon episode. But the Braves and the Cardinals, no scoring until the bottom of the fifth, where Guillermo Heredia, third homer of the year, puts the Braves up one nothing. Ozzy Albies hits his fifth triple of the year in the bottom of the sixth, and that drives in Ronald Acuna. It's 2-0 Braves. Abraham Almonte doubles 3-0 Atlanta. And then bottom seven, Acuna sack fly, 4-0 Braves. The Cardinals unable to do anything against Charlie Morton, who gets the win in this one. The Braves win 4-0. Charlie Morton goes seven and two-thirds, three hits, no runs, no walks, and seven strikeouts. Uh, and he's now six and three on the year. The loss to John Gant, now four and five, five and a third, four hits, three earned, and four strikeouts from him. And now I believe St. Louis has, or they're four and six in their last 10, but they are on quite a bit of a slide now. Cincinnati has overtaken them in the standings. Oof. Let's move into this Angels Tigers game. It was Shohei Day, and the Angels got scoring started in the bottom of the second as they're able to put two runs on the board before Jonathan Scope gets the next run in favor of the Tigers in the bottom of the sixth of this game. His 12th of the year makes it a 2-1 ball game. In the bottom of the seventh, Jose Iglesias singles, and then a Taylor Ward grand salami to left center puts this game way up in favor of the Angels at 7-1. to one. But then in the top of the eighth, the Tigers come rallying back. They put three on the board in the eighth and then one in the ninth to make this a close one, but the Angels pull it out 7-5. to five. Give the win to Shohei Otani. This was six innings, allowing one earned run and five strikeouts. The loss will go to Matt Manning of the Detroit Tigers, who went five innings, allowing two earned runs and three strikeouts. I had to make sure I was right on the name because did I just completely miss the ball on this? Yes, this was his first start, first career start for the Detroit Tigers. And he, of course, is one of their top prospects i can't remember if he's in the top 10 he's definitely in top 25 brandon uh he is ranked number 19 yeah so the 19th prospect in baseball has now made his first major league appearance this is one of the three top 30 pro pitching prospects that the tigers have been able to put together they are now all on the major league roster for this team as they start to try to move towards relevancy without a lineup. But that's for that's a conversation for another day. One thing on the Tigers, very strange stat I saw. Might as well throw it in here from at MLB Random Stats on Twitter. With Condelario, Cabrera, Castro, Castro, and Cameron all in the lineup for the Tigers in Anaheim, California tonight. The Tigers are the first team in MLB history to have five players in their lineup whose last names start with the U.S. state abbreviation that the game is taking place in. Um, 
I'm not sure how I feel about that. Do I care? Do I that not care? Pretty impressive, like CA. I mean, it's five guys in your lineup. Oh, I know, I know, but like, it's weird. Yeah, no, I saw I think it. I'm I was so, like, this is weird. This is. I think I'm still trying to process it, to be honest. Five That's players weird. in the lineup. That's weird. <laughs> you know, the, 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 more, the more I look at it, the more I see it. So is there any team that has a chance at six? No, there can't be. They have to, like, this is a situation that can only, like, happen once – like this is very rare that it happened because you have to have enough guys whose last names on your team all start with a state abbreviation, the same one, and then you have to play in that state and have them all be in the lineup together. Yeah, like honestly, yeah, they all have to I be know, hitters. but like there's got to be something. <laughs> LJ what will if, find something. What if we just like made a new state what if we got enough mlb daily state no 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 we got to make it like ooh, like ram like take new jersey ramsey new jersey and annex it off as its own state bingo bango yahtzee is what we'll call it no you got to make it yeah keep it ramsey and get ram or ra that way all of the ramirez there's like Uh, a million ramirez in baseball you could definitely break it with that all right let's get into the last recap which i honestly think we saved the best for last because this game was crazy so we're scoreless until the bottom of the sixth when el nino fernando tatis jr 22nd home run on the year san diego takes a one nothing lead the next inning yes that was was the breakup to wade miley's no hitter actually Wow, Wade Miley going for his second no-hitter this year. El Nino breaks it up, and then his buddy, Manny Machado, in the bottom of the seventh, solo piece of his own. It's 2 nothing Padres. Top nine, the Reds jump all over Mark Melanson. Oh, my, what happened, Mark? Kyle Farmer ground out to make it 2-1. to one. Tyler Stevenson with an RBI single to tie the game and blow the save for Mark Melanson. And then a Jonathan India go-ahead two-run home run. It's 4-2 to two Cincinnati. But the Padres have Melanson's back. Bottom nine, Eric Hosmer steps up with Manny Machado on and goes yard with one out. Could have hit into a game-ending double play. Instead, ties the game up with a two-run home run. Then Cincinnati brings on Amir Garrett. Jake Cronenworth singles. Victor Caratini steps up. Two-run bomb. Walk-off home run. The teams combine to score eight runs in the ninth inning. Padres win 6-4. to four. Give the win to Pierce Johnson out of the bullpen who comes in and gets that last out. Uh, so after Mark Melanson kind of blew up they bring in pierce johnson gets the last out and joe musgrove today seven scoreless two uh, strikeouts season era down to 2.28 really really good start 
uh, to the year for him. Could potentially be an all-star. The loss to Amir Garrett doesn't record an out. Season ERA now over nine for him. Uh, he should focus more on pitching and less on everything else he does. Uh, yeah, 19 innings, 9.3 ERA. Wade Miley, seven innings, four hits, two earned, and five Ks. And, uh, yeah, the Padres take one from the big red contraption. And that's yeah. going to do it. I will also say real quick, I'm, I'm not, I watched that top half inning. I am not sure why. Like, there's no truly good reason. Might have been the most boring half inning of baseball I've ever seen. Yet the Reds scored four runs and took the lead off of one of the best closers in the league. Yeah, but he threw 30 pitches before he got to the scoring. Like, everyone, every every at-bat went at least seven pitches. Not to mention, I'm quickly starting to realize, despite, all right, production, I will, I will always respect production. If you're getting results, that is what matters. That's what got him second place on my reliever of the year tree just a couple days ago. However, he might be one of the most underwhelming great pitchers in the league. Like he's I a mean, really good pitcher, but he is just kind of boring to watch at times. Yeah, he is boring to watch at times. And I also he feel like away with his stuff. I also feel like when he blows saves, it's just like nightmare. It's like it's like kind of like Chapman almost. Like Chapman, it's just like, you know, maybe a home run and a couple of walks. With him, it's just like he's all over the place. He has no command. He's also kind of battling with hitters at the same time, but just can't can't get the job done. And yeah, uh, I so I wanted to check to see if his uh, spin rate was down, uh, or you know whether this was a substance problem. And it was not. Uh, no spin because, rate was was good. So and you. And you look at the rest of his body of work, they actually mentioned this on MLB Tonight when they uh, checked into this game for that half inning. Um, Basically, this year he's got 7.6 strikeouts per nine, which is crazy low for a closer. Last year, he had 5.6 strikeouts per nine. Yeah, one of the rare... He's like one of the rare pitch-to-contact high... high, uh, leverage bullpen arms exactly yeah his his career strikeouts per nine is at 8.1 like brandon what 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 do you think is the lowest you've you've seen normally out of of a closer like maybe low nines like maybe you you kind of have to be striking out like one batter per inning you kind of you kind of should be around 10 yeah. decent I'd say and he is at 8.1 and there are a couple of years that are really pulling that average up but he's been one of the best pitchers in the league or at least one of the best bullpen arms in the league for years which years. is incredible because in a league that is so driven on strikeouts now for a guy to just avoid those and still be a good uh arm in a position that relies on strikeouts so much is really impressive. Oh, it blows me away. I mean, this guy, 
finished, got Cy Young votes and a reliever of the year in a year that he had seven strikeouts per nine. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Well, I think that we are close to the record length on show here. We might be at about an hour and a half, which would be impressive and a good end to this one. Well, we are sorry if we've put you to sleep here. Yeah, if you're still here, thanks. Uh, but, yes. Uh, thank you for listening. Not sure there's much more to say. Follow us on Twitter. Do the Daily Trivia Contest. Win some merch at MLB Daily Pod, at Brandon underscore Karam, at LJ underscore VP underscore Lafiori. We'll see you tomorrow. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.